Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Sorry for the late episode. I know my schedule has usually been, you know, Mondays or Tuesdays, you know, usually get an episode and then Friday or like early Saturday. This is late Saturday, most of you listening on Sunday. That's why I'm not going to be doing a Thursday Night Football review today. I'm sorry. I want to try to get uh, three episodes out a week and I've really only been doing two for the past, you know, basically three weeks now, and I want to try to get up to three. It's just been really hard. But anyway, today's schedule, we are going to be talking about Josh Rosen and Daniel Jones both starting. I know last episode I was just like, yeah, I'm going to get to Daniel Jones. I turns out I listened back. I never got to that. So I guess it pans out as giving us something to talk about today. I'm going to talk about Daniel Jones now starting. Josh Rosen, is it too early? What do I think about that? Then Antonio Brown getting cut. Wow, this was shocking. The Antonio Brown saga continues. How do I feel about this? As a Patriots fan, what just happened? I am going to get to all of that. And then to wrap up today's episode, the Red Sox, we haven't talked about them uh, in a while, but <sighs> they're out of the playoffs, out of playoff contention. So I know it's a bit cringy, but I'm going to get to that as well. So first, we are going to start with Daniel Jones and Josh Rosen, both being named the starters. What do I think about that? Too early, too late. Uh, you're about to hear in a minute, so let's get to that. So, first, I think uh, I'll start with Daniel Jones, because that is the more, that's the bigger news, I think. And it's the one that, it's not as recent. So, I guess I'll just start with Daniel Jones. I, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to get to both. But what are my thoughts on Daniel Jones starting? Now, when I look at Daniel Jones, when I look at the tape of him in college, of him in the preseason, preseason, he looked really sharp, okay? Probably the best player in the preseason. Honestly, if we were to give out preseason MVP, Daniel Jones was probably going to win it. The Giants went 4-0. He looked sharp. And, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I know he didn't play in the last game. I get all that. But Daniel Jones looked really sharp. With that being said, I think it's too early. Now you're probably saying, Aiden, whoa, whoa, the Giants are 0-2. Eli Manning was, yeah, okay. He wasn't horrible. I don't think Eli Manning's the problem. He's the reason they're 0-2. And I don't think the Giants have playoff hopes, honestly. Like, I hate to count a team out after 0-2 start, but no one has high hope for the Giants, and they've proved they're not a good football team. Uh, the defense is even worse than I thought. But the thing is, I just don't want to rush Daniel Jones. And I have, I've, this is just my saying. I have seen too many young, very talented quarterbacks get picked high in the draft, have high potential, and then get rushed into a bad situation. Good example if you're, you know, just new, kind of new to the NFL, just started watching, you know, a year or two ago, Josh Rosen last year. 11th overall pick, tons of talent. People thought he could, he could have gone earlier. People thought, people were thinking possibly number one overall for Rosen possibly number three overall for Rosen to the Jets. People thought there's a possibility he went number one to the Browns. He slid to number 11. The guy had talent. And he still does. But he rushed in. I mean, it was the first, it was week three. He was rushed in fourth quarter, week three, against the Bears, the toughest defense in the league, in a close game. And he's just rushed in. It's a tough situation. And from there, they just played him. He wasn't ready. I'm not saying Daniel Jones isn't ready, but I don't want to rush him in. It's week three. And they are facing the Buccaneers, so I'll point this out. The Giants have a good case to play him this week. Okay? Because last week, um, 
when Eli Manning wasn't really getting pressured a whole lot, that was kind of the sign where they said, you know what, the offensive line is what we need. Because Daniel Jones came in on that uh, first game against the Cowboys, right? And he looked okay, but then, you know, he's getting hit. He fumbled. The fumble, the fumbling is a bit of an issue. Ball security in the pocket. But the offensive line looked pretty good last week, and I think that's where the Giants said we're going to throw this guy in. But here's the problem. Yes, you're facing a pretty bad Buccaneers defense that did look good last week on Thursday Night Football, but the Panthers look bad. So he's facing a pretty bad defense in the Buccaneers. And they're coming off a win. You know, they're not going to make the playoffs. There's not a lot of pressure. And it's coming off a week where the offensive line looked good. But once you throw Daniel Jones in there, there's no going back. It, it, Eli Manning, unless he gets traded or Daniel Jones gets hurt, he's not playing again. Yeah, it's just it's like marrying him. I think Max Kellerman said that. It's like marrying him. Once you throw Daniel Jones in there to start and name him the starter, there is no going back for the rest of the year unless you trade for somebody or something. Like Eli Manning can't just be thrown back in there. It's just it's just not how it works. That would just really hurt. And that's what happened with Josh Rosen. I think the Cardinals were somewhat tempted to bring somebody else in, but they just couldn't. You know, it's just you just can't. That hurts the confidence of uh, the young quarterback. You just don't want that. I think it's too early. I don't, you know, I know the offensive line had a good week last week, and I know, you know, I get all that. Eli Manning is still okay. I would have played Eli for a few more weeks, one to three more weeks at least. I don't want to rush Daniel Jones in there. And I know it's tempting. Your team, you know, coming off a week where they had nice protection, you're facing a bad defense this week. Your playoff hopes are done. It seems right. This guy looks looks ready, seems ready, but, you know, a lot of guys. We say that about a lot of guys. Then we move on to Josh Rosen. If you know me, I, I like Josh Rosen. I don't love Josh Rosen. I like Josh Rosen. And I thought he had such an unfair first chance with the Arizona Cardinals. It's not even funny. So I said to myself, I'm glad he's getting traded. That was an unfair first chance. I already told you the situation he was thrown into in week three. That early, he clearly wasn't ready. They just threw him into a bad situation. And then there was no going back. He played, uh, you know, when he just he just wasn't ready. He still needed to marinate on the bench, hold the clipboard, learn. He still needed to do that. He just wasn't ready. He was in a system that just, it wasn't his system. They, they, they didn't coach to his system. They didn't game plan to his uh his strengths, and he had a poor offensive line. He had a mediocre, at best, uh, wide receiving core. Like, you think their wide receiving core is like, eh, this year? It was worse last year because, yeah, Larry Fitz so far has looked better than he did last season. He's overall the same way. Christian Kirk stepped up this year and just guys like that. He had a pretty bad off, uh, he had a pretty, he had a very bad offensive line, a Pretty bad receiving core. He had David Johnson, which was a good weapon to have. But then the defense was eh. Like, the defense is in with Arizona is, like, average-ish. It's, like, average at best. Their pass rush was super underrated last year. The secondary hurt him a bit. But overall, not a good Cardinals team. He's just thrown into a bad situation. So I was saying, I'm kind of glad he's getting traded. I want him to go to a team. I want a team to take a risk on this guy. Don't start him right away and just 
let him marinate. Like, let this talent, let him live up to his potential. This guy is a ton of talent. Just didn't, hasn't really shown it yet at the pro level. And then he gets traded to the Dolphins. And my first reaction is like, okay, th- this isn't horrible. I guess. I, we didn't, at the time, people didn't realize how bad this Dolphins team. They're coming off a 7-9 and season, and people thought, okay, I don't think they'll go 7-9 and again. They won't be horrible. But then, we kind of, you know, let the draft sink in. All right, after kind of the aftermath of everything, everything brushes over. We kind of realize, ooh, this Dolphins team doesn't look too good. And then, once we start to really think about it, they might be a three-win team. Then they trade Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, Kiko Alonso, eventually Minka Fitzpatrick, and it's just like, okay, this might be the worst team in NFL history, and they're not trying either. Josh Rosen's got an unfair first and second chance. I can already tell you before he starts tomorrow, he's got an unfair second chance. This He's getting a, a chance with the Dolphins that no quarterback should want. No young quarterback that just had a rough first season should want. This is just not a team that's trying. He's going to get beat up, harassed. This is, for the Dolphins, it's tough. Because the Dolphins aren't really going to get any better from here, right? The, the Dolphins are not. The Dolphins might get worse from here. I know it sounds crazy to say, but they may trade Kenyon Drake. They, for God's sake, I hope they don't, but they might trade Xavier Howard. They have to keep a hold of Howard. You can't trade every single one of your players. You have to have somewhat of a foundation. I said this last episode. You have to have somewhat of a foundation, and they don't. If they trade Drake and Howard, they don't. You have to keep Howard. Drake, if it's at the right price, you can trade him, but you have to keep Howard. You have to have somewhat of a foundation. You can't just go live off all picks. But the thing with Rosen is this team could get even worse than it already is, and it's horrible now. I just don't, clearly this guy, you know, isn't that type of talent that can kind of go out and just ball out with anyone, you know, like Baker Mayfield kind of did right away with that horrible Browns team. He's just not that type of player. You know, there's talent there. I just don't know if he'll ever hit it. He's had an unfair first chance and a very unfair second chance. It's kind of in a pickle, though, because this team's not going to really get any better. So it's just like, what do you want us to trade a second round pick and, you know, a fifth-round pick or whatever they gave up for Josh Rosen just to have him sit on the bench and then I just pick two a tag of old, however you say his name, and or Trevor Lawrence with the first pick. That just doesn't make sense. They have to play him at some point, but it's just one of those things. Like, if you play him now, it feels like you're stuck with them for the rest of the season. So it, they're in a tough spot. But that's my uh, thoughts on Daniel Jones and Josh Rosen being named starting quarterbacks. The one thing I'll throw in, Redskins feeling a little heat, feeling a little pressure to start Dwayne Haskins. Now, I say no. Don't worry about it. If I'm the Redskins, yes, you're 0-2. Yes, you're probably not going to make the playoffs, but you've had a competitive two games against two good teams in the Eagles and the Cowboys. Case Keenum has looked good. He's looked better than many people thought. Dwayne Haskins clearly isn't ready. Don't start him. Don't feel the pressure. It's fine. Let Dwayne Haskins sit with the clipboard, learn, develop really start to, you know, spend time in the film room, all of that. So that is my thoughts on the Daniel Jones and Josh Rosen being named starting quarterback. So now I'm going to get to Antonio Brown, the release of Antonio Brown. So let's get to that. Okay, so uh, what is going on? What 
when we all thought things couldn't get crazier, things got crazier. Okay, what what is going on? Is it just me or is Antonio Brown taking the league by storm? This is this guy is a national headline, and he's no longer on an NFL team. When Antonio Brown had the helmet issue and the frostbite on his feet, we all thought that was ridiculous. That feels like it was a year ago. It was only about a month ago. But we all thought that was crazy. Then we heard what he did to Mike Mayock. We heard just everything. I don't, I've said it too many times. I'm done. I'm really done going into every podcast saying, well, you know, there's more Antonio Brown news because I get to it and then more happens. And I'm done. Like, this guy is something else. Now, I do think it could be CT, okay? I think it really could be because no one, no one with that type of underdog story, no one even ever, never mind his underdog story, look at his story. Oh, my God. No one should be acting the way he is. It's got to be something. There's something. There's something with him. There's something wrong. CT, it has to be. There's no way. Someone is that crazy. They're, the guy's a knucklehead. Let's just say the least. But I'm a Patriots fan. And I was not a fan of the signing at first. I told you guys. I wasn't. And a lot of you said, well, you know, they got him on a good deal. Yes, he's a knucklehead. But Bill Belichick can handle him. And I said, whoa, let's, let's, let's slow down here. Bill Belichick can't handle Antonio Brown. And I was right. I said Antonio Brown, I mean, I said Bill Belichick could put a hand in Antonio Brown's face, slow him down. Slow him down. Like, not handle him. Like, not completely shut Antonio Brown. Like, no more incidents with Antonio Brown. I don't think that's possible. But I thought uh, Bill Belichick could kind of control him. You know, limit him. Limit his actions. Limit his you know, poor, you know, him getting into the headlines, putting something stupid. You know what I mean. I thought he could limit him. I didn't think anyone can handle him in the league. If you want to please and honest truth, that's what I said. And a lot of you said, no, he can handle him. No, I was right. And you guys were wrong. Now, I'm not saying Bill Belichick did a bad job, but they let him go 11 days later. And I'm not saying it was anything that the Patriots did. The Patriots signed him. Then the allegations came out. But I hold that against the Patriots as well. You should have done your scouting. You should have done your investigating. You should have asked questions before, before signing this chucklehead. Before, before you ask any NFL player, you should ask him, is there anything we should know about? Any potential allegations coming your way? Any potential you know, lawsuits? Anything anything that you've done that we don't know about that could come in up in the news that could affect you, you know, getting suspended or anything like that? You know what I'm saying. Clearly they didn't. Clearly they didn't do enough investigating. Okay, the reason that people say, yeah, Antonio Brown could have lied. Possibly, but let's remember this. Antonio Brown was released by the Raiders September 7th on my birthday. Just a few hours later, five hours later, maybe six, he was picked up by the Patriots. Okay, so unless he was in contact with the Patriots beforehand, which would only be a day... You just scooped him up as soon as he was off waivers. You called him up, talked about a contract, and he was on the team. That's how I look at it. You didn't do investigating. It only took you hours to sign him after he was cut. And not to mention, you have a good relationship. Well, let's just add on. Drew Rosenhaus is the agent of Gronk. Drew Rosenhaus and the Patriots have a good 
relationship. Antonio Brown wants to be a Patriot. Now, yeah, he said he wanted to be a Raider, but let's be honest with ourselves. The Patriots are a destination he really liked. And as much as I think he definitely could have lied to them, I still think with Rosenhaus, plus the fact that he still wanted to be there, I'm not sure. Plus the fact that they signed him just hours after he's released. I just think the Patriots didn't do enough investigating into it, so I hold that against them. We'll never truly know. Maybe they did ask, and he just said, no, 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 and he kept denying any allegations. Maybe they did know, but they decided to pull the trigger on him anyway, figured it wouldn't be too serious, hoped he would, you know, hold off these allegations. I don't know. But the Patriots released a statement, we appreciate the hard work of many people over the past 11 days, but we feel that it is best to move in a different direction at this time. Wow, I I just, I was shocked. I didn't, I kind of, I saw it like five minutes after it happened. Yeah. And I was just, I was just, wow. I wanted things to work out. I did. I really did. Because when you sign that guy, like a guy like, yeah, I don't like Antonio Brown. And I, I, you know, I don't feel any pity for him here. But I just wanted it to work out because it would be a good image for the team. And if things work out, you have one of the best receivers in the league with Tom Brady. Like, if things work out, your offense is ten times scarier. But they didn't. Because right after we signed him, just a few days later, with these allegations come out, and I knew sooner or later this was going to happen. I knew. I was honestly skeptical if he played week two, and I said, all right, he's playing week two. This could be it. That's why I enjoyed that game so thoroughly, because I said this could be the one game we see Antonio Brown as a Patriot. And... That was the thing, like, I just kind of sat there, like, enjoying, like, this is just, like, a simulator. This is kind of like Madden, right? Because we're just facing some joke team, right? It doesn't feel like it, there was any high stakes. Like, we just threw, like, some really good player on a good team. You know, it was kind of like we, you know, it's just like a simulation in a way. It was weird. And now he's just gone. Like, all right, though, we're just testing that out, like, just to show you, like, how fun this could be. I don't know. I don't know how to put this into words. But that guy, something wrong with him. There really is. And if I'm a team and I'm sitting there, I'm kind of saying, ooh, I don't know. I don't really want to sign this guy. Now this, first of all, the Patriots couldn't handle him, right? And whether they want to admit it or not, they know deep down the Patriots. If the Patriots can't handle him, they probably can't handle him, right? They know that deep down. They may not admit it right to the media, but they know deep down if the Patriots can't do it, I don't think we can either. Not to mention the fact that if you sign him, he can go straight to the commissioner's exemplist, which means the commissioner's exemplist is when the commissioner takes a player, suspends him, usually for the season, but you still have to pay him his contract. What's due on his contract? I think it's just what's guaranteed. You're probably not going to give him a bonus for not playing, so it's just what's guaranteed. But with the Patriots, they made the smart move here and said, you know what? Why keep this guy if he's at serious risk of being on the commission of exemplist? Once those messages came out, the Patriots said automatically we're cutting him. That could be enough evidence for the NFL to sit there and say, because as soon as those came out, Patriots were all over it. They said that's the final straw. That could that gives you you're, now all of a sudden you're serious. That was like the first piece of evidence that these allegations were true. And once the Patriots saw those, they they got him out of there because if you keep him. All that money that's guaranteed, you have to pay him, even if he's on the commissioner's exemplar. So they say, let's just cut him. Most of the money now is off the books. So 
I don't know how much they paid him for that one game. I don't know how much. I forget. But however much they paid him for that game, they pay him, right? But all the rest of the money now is gone. He's not getting that. He's cut. He's done. Dunzo. But if you keep him, let's say they keep Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's still on the roster today. We just hear the news. He's been put on the commissioner's exemplist. You have to pay him all that guaranteed money, and he's not even going to play. So there's no difference. If he was put on the commissioner exemplist, he wouldn't be playing for the Patriots. You just have to pay him more money. I think the Patriots made the right move there. Listen, he tried it out. I'm not shaming the Patriots for trying this out. I'm not shaming them. I just told you guys it wouldn't work out one way or another. Something else is going to happen. And you guys said no. And I'm not saying it was a horrible move. You tried it out, and then the Patriots are smart enough to say, all right, if something else happens, we'll just cut them. If that's how it's going to be, that's how it's going to be. But teams are not managing Antonio Brown correctly. This guy has never been punished for his actions. He wanted a trade out of Pittsburgh. He got that trade out out of Pittsburgh. He didn't want to go to Buffalo. All right, fine. You don't have to go to Buffalo. So he goes to Oakland. He goes to Oakland. Doesn't really like it there. Throws a temper tantrum. I kind of want to go to the Patriots. Ends up on the Patriots. Just a few hours later after getting cut, he got multiple offers, big offers from teams. You know what Antonio Brown needs? He needs to kind of walk up there and be like, all right, the big shot's here. Who wants me? Crickets. No team wants him. And then all of a sudden, after a few months, he's saying, okay. Then all of a sudden, yeah, we'll sign you for three mil. I mean, we'll sign, actually, we'll sign you for $7 million, but only two is guaranteed. And he's kind of sitting there like, but I'm good. And they're like, yeah, you're good, but you have to, you have to prove your off-field action. Like that, I know it's tough, and I know that would be tough to pull off, but... That's the way he got to handle it. This guy's been given everything. Like, he acts like a brat and still gets what he wants. And that's because he's an all-class talent. Like, if 99% of the league did this, they wouldn't be on an NFL roster. Now, Antonio Brown's not on an NFL roster. But, you know, before he went to the Patriots, like, let's say someone pulled the crap that Antonio Brown did with the Raiders and got cut. 99% of the league does that. They don't get signed somewhere else. But he's part of that 1%. That is so good, even maybe less than 1%, that is just so good that they get another chance. That, you know, teams look at that and say, he's too good, okay? He's just too good to pass up. And that that's it stinks because he'll never really learn his lesson until people really start laying down the law, until he doesn't get those big-time offers. And he's kind of sitting there for agency realizing. Because he's, yeah, he probably, de- I don't even know if he does, but... He does these bad things and still gets what he wants. So he's going to keep doing it. He's never been punished for what he's doing. So that is the problem with Antonio Brown. But wow, this was just shocking. So I I don't know what else to say. You can call it on the Anchor Mobile app. Your reaction, anything's on the table. Uh, But now we are going to get to this dreaded Red Sox team. So let's get to that. What a disappointing season. What? A disappointing season for this Boston Red Sox team. Now, I know I ranted on him a few, pretty month ago, right? And we've talked about him a few times ever since. Just after I ranted about them, we all knew the season was over basically at that point. I kind of lost interest. And I've heard some of my fans say that Red Sox segments are their favorites. Uh, For example, not all, like, Colin's not the only one, like, Colin. He listens a lot, and he says the Red Sox segments are just his favorite. This is the time that I rant, because, you know, uh, yeah, I ranted on the Celtics, but, I mean, the Patriots haven't really had much ranting to do on them. 
The Bruins, yeah, he lost the Stanley Cup. That was like once. I've been ranting on the Red Sox all year. Like, geez. I mean, I I started this podcast well before the season started. It's been a quick season, really. I even I follow the Red Sox. But once we I really we really got off to that bad, bad start. I just kind of lost interest. And we really just and I still watched, obviously. I mean, I did reports on them all the time here on the podcast. So, but just what a disappointment this team is. They're out of, they're eliminated. They were eliminated last night, Friday night, against the race. You look at the division, the Yankees are 101, uh, 100 wins, 55 losses. The regular season's coming too close. You got eliminated right down the home stretch. You were out of it already, but this is just like the final, like, all right, this is official now. Like, yeah, you were out of it, but you were never officially out. You are now officially out of it. So that really just, oh, once I heard that, and I was just like, all right, of course I got to talk about it. The Yankees, I mean, I don't play. If, if you if the Yankees won the division, that's fine. Like, the Rays are having a great year. They're at 91 wins. They're on pace probably, what, 94? Five wins at least. So I don't know how. Like, there's not many games left in the in the year here. There are there are at least probably 95, 96 wins here for the Rays, and they're gonna lose the division, but they're still gonna make the wild card. I hope. I mean, it, it's actually close. It's a tight race. I mean, you look at it. Really, right now, the Yankees, Twins, and Astros have basically won the divisions. The Astros and Yankees definitely won their division. The Twins didn't lock it up. The Indians are still four games behind, but still. And they're a little hotter right now than the Twins are. But look at it. The Indi- uh not the Indians. The Athletics are 93 and 61. And then tied for second, you've got 91 and 63 of the Rays and 91 and 63 of the Indians. So either the Indians or the Rays are probably not going to make the playoffs, which is crazy. They both had good year. Like the Indians got off to a rough, inconsistent start. But they have really t- turned the gears up uh, of late, of these past few months, I guess you could say. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the Red Sox have the talent to easily be a playoff team. Easily. And as much as these teams compared to nowadays are okay, you can even the Athletics, the Rays, are beating you out. I mean, I hate to say it. I- I'm not saying baseball's a joke, but some of this talent, like these teams are. Like the Athletics. Really? The Red Sox just won the World Series and got a little worse, I'd say. Overall, talent-wise, you lost Craig Kimbrell. That was basically the big loss. You lost Joe Kelly. I was fine with that. I was so fine with that. He did good World Series, but so was Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce was also good in the World Series. What has Steve Pierce done this season? Nothing. Joe Kelly, I was fine. I was fine with letting him go. Craig Kimbrell's the tough one. You just don't have the money, and... Now I kind of say with the Red Sox, I mean, I'm excited to talk about the offseason. That's what I'm waiting. I'm not a big offseason guy, but the Red Sox have a huge offseason ahead of them. They've got guys to pay. They've got guys to trade, including possibly Mookie Betts. And I'm excited to talk about all that. But the Red Sox are 80 and 73, and I shouldn't be worried about the offseason. I should be worried about how far this Red Sox team is going to go in the postseason. But that's not going to happen because this has been such an underwhelming season. They've been inconsistent from the get-go. I mean, I'll just read what Alex Cora said after they officially got eliminated yesterday. He said, Disappointed. It wasn't a great season. We are going to learn from that, and we're going to do to do, to be better. That's the bottom line, Manager Alex Cora told reporters. 
We were very inconsistent from the get-go. We just carried it over through... Why did I just say it like that? We just carried it over throughout the season. We never put on one of those stretches that we knew we could put We could put other teams... Whoa, Alex was either bad English or this person's got bad grammar. Stretches. All right. Other teams that... Other teams were better. New York and Tampa in our division. They did an outstanding job. Head-to-head, they took advantage of it. And I'll just throw out this stat. Like, Eduardo Rodriguez had a breakout year. He had a good year. I've been waiting for that breakout year. He finally had it. But here is this. I'm sorry. I I just paused for a second. I'm just laughing. Here is just rotations. Right. Like, people thought the Red Sox had a borderline top five rotation going into this year. People, people actually thought that, and I thought I didn't think no one predicted they'd be this bad, but I thought they were a little overrated going into the season. I said that, yeah, I did, yeah, I did. I said they were a little overrated, but I don't take credit to that because I didn't predict they'd be god awful. Okay, I didn't predict that. I said they're a little overrated. I don't think they're a top five rotation. <laughs> they're not close. <laughs> In ERA, they had a 4.87 ERA. That's 20th in the MLB. Whip, 1.37, 20th in the MLB. And War, 10.7, 14th in the MLB. They're an under-average rotation. And they get paid like they're the best rotation in the MLB. And it's just sad. Like, Eduardo Rodriguez had a good year, but Chris Sale did not pitch like an ace. David Price, uh, probably just playing too much Fortnite. He had another wrist injury. Nathan Avaldi, oh, I never liked that from the start. Rick Porcello, I don't know what to say. This team, this team, and yeah, the bullpen had their hiccups. The bats are fine. I think we should get rid of a guy or two. We have to. Because when I look at this Red Sox team, I, don't, I just don't know. Because I think he got to keep Chris Sale. And I'd love to get rid of Rick Porcello. David Price, sure. I mean, but here's the thing. You need to get rid of a few of these batters because you can't pay them all. And you need to invest in the bullpen. You need to invest in some now starters. And you've already invested enough in the starters. But, wow, this was just such an underwhelming season. This Red Sox team, I don't know what to say. I really don't. I mean, just all, all around, it was just, I was always just ranting on them. It was just never a good outlook. It was never a good, complete, all around season for this team. It was just always, it was just ugly. It was ugly from the start. They got off to what, that two and seven start? And one of them was like a fluky win. Really, you know, we're all just saying, you know what? They're just, you know, it's just a little bit of a cold start to the season. A few guys have to still find their rhythm. They're coming off a World Series win. We'll be all right. And I was on board with that. I said, yeah, I'm a little nervous, but I'm on board with that. We just had an historic season last season. I'm all right. We're all right. And then as the season started to go on, I started to rant on the scene. Don't get me wrong. I ranted on their 2-7 and seven start. I didn't rant that hard because I was like, I have to give them credit. It's the first nine games. I, got, I get all that. I ranted on them a little because why not? But... At this point, I mean, it, it, MLB, you're still going to get some MLB content. So, for those of you MLB fans who are like, all right, I might as well because this guy only covers the Red Sox. No. Oh, you're hearing my playoff predictions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm going to go back to my regular season predictions. It feels like it wasn't that long ago since I made them. It really doesn't. 
this season went by quick. Ooh, I'll tell you that. And I'm glad because the MLB season seems like, oh my god, 164 games or something, 162 games. It's about 180, like half the year. But it, it went by pretty quick. And I'm glad because this is just a horrible year for the Red Sox. But yeah, you're still going to get some MLB content from me. And yes, I've got some things planned for next episode. Next episode will probably be Monday or Tuesday, hopefully. And it'll be a review of every Sunday game. Maybe I'll get my Thursday night football analysis in there. Just a few takeaways because I didn't get to that today. Uh, and then I hopefully can – I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Antonio Brown signs somewhere. I can, I can never really plan ahead, ahead of time because in sports, when you cover over, you know, four or five sports at least, I don't know how much you consider me covering, but there's always something that is newsworthy of talking about. Obviously, there's always breaking news every day, but, like, that's worthy of talking about. And yeah, my NHL predictions are going to come out very soon. I mean, what's today? September 21st. The season uh, puck drops for the first time October 2nd. So I'm going to have to get it out, give or take a little over a week. My prediction should be out. And I want to get to a little NBA, my top 25 players in the league. I want to get to some NBA. And then, obviously, the NFL review, any breaking news that happens, you already know. Uh, go follow my Instagram, at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. Again, that's at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces for podcast alerts and sports content. Also, go call in on the Anchor Mobile app. Uh, download the Anchor Mobile app, type in After the Buzzer Sports Talk, send in a voice message. If you can't get the Anchor Mobile app or don't feel like it, go on Safari or whatever search engine you have, type in After the Buzzer Sports Talk by Aiden Mayer on Anchor, send in a voice message that way. I feel like I just repeat the same thing every single episode. When do you guys got to call in? Please. I used to have actually consistent calls. Remember Billy and all that, and I just wish, I just wish, even if it's somebody I know, like I don't need some complete stranger to call me, if if you if I know who you are and still feel feel free, like yeah, you can probably tell me when I see you the next time, but you know why not just get on the podcast, you know? So if I know who you are, that's fine too. If I don't, it's fine. I don't care. I just want to call her. I really do. Yeah, I I, I miss Billy. I I'm I do I do miss Billy. I I wish Billy tuned in. Uh, and again, I I get he's he's been busy. All right, Billy's been busy. I bet. Hopefully, maybe he'll. he'll I just love. I just want Billy to come back. <laughs> anyway, enough with that. That's gonna wrap up today's episode. So thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you guys next time.